You're listening to Real Presence Live on the Real Presence Radio Network. Join the conversation on our Facebook page or on Twitter. And be sure to like and follow us for more great Catholic content. Now, back to the show. All right, we are back on Real Presence Live for our final segment of the morning. I'm Brandon Clark, one of your hosts, joined by... Brad Gray. Brad Gray. Uh, We're waiting to get Raymond Arroyo on the line to talk about his Christmas album, which we're very excited about. Uh, but we're not in Christmas yet, Brad. Not yet, no, we are. We in are Advent. in Advent. Yep. We just celebrated the first Sunday of Advent, so I thought we might take a couple of minutes and just talk a little bit about Advent. So, you know, traditionally Advent has been about uh, awaiting the coming of Christmas, right? Yep, yep. However, it goes far beyond this, right? So, so hundreds of years before Christ was born, they were celebrating Advent, right? And so we get a, an understanding that Advent is also about the, the second coming of Christ and, right. and awaiting. And we see that in the readings, you know, there's just this idea yeah. of, of vigilance and, and uh, awaiting the, the coming of Christ. So let's just talk a little bit about uh, the vigilance and, and the receptivity, preparing to receive Christ, not just at Christmas, but Christ as he comes again, as, as we meet him at the end of our lives. Right, yeah, and in fact, Bishop Fulda in his homily on Sunday talked about how the, there are these kind of three comings of Christ. Yeah, I think you talk about Christ coming in, in history as a baby, right? Him, him coming in, in glory and majesty at the end of time, and also, but also coming in mystery. History, mystery, and oh, mystery. majesty. Okay. So like, the, the reality is that as we go into Mass, um, you know, there's, there's a period of preparation every time, right? And what are we preparing for? We're preparing for the coming of Christ in the Eucharist. Right. And that there is this presence that, that we encounter. And so Jesus is, you know, kind of, in some sense, past, present, and future, right? Yeah. That, that um, he's constantly coming to us. He has come to us, he's coming to us now, and he will come to us ultimately, and then he'll bring us to himself, right? And so there, there is really kind of this threefold dynamic of Advent. And you, you have these especially... Um, emphasized at different points of the season, right? The, 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 the coming in, in mystery, the coming um, in grace is one that, that's continuous. But it kind of shifts from that uh, first part of Advent all the way up to the 17th, and then you get into the O antiphons for, to, for a, a shift into the second part, right? Yeah, absolutely. So we did a couple of things differently this year. Our daughter is now two and a half years old, so we're like, okay, we can, we can probably do something Advent-related, sure. and, and she can to some degree at two and a half years old, appreciate it. And we've always wanted to do this. So we get we have an Advent wreath. Mm-hmm. And then every morning at breakfast, we, we sing O Come, O Come, a verse or two of yep. O Come, O Come, Emmanuel. And I, I just love how it starts out this, the, the morning. And, and, and like there's, there's this... Uh, there's this this hungering for for more that comes right, and a recognition of we're lighting the candle, the first purple candle. But there's three other candles that haven't been lit, right? Yeah. So there's this anticipation that there's more to come, and that's really where that's where I want my heart to be. This Advent mm-hmm. is this anticipation that what we have now is really good, but there's there's more to come. Yeah, and you know, I think there's something really great about that: the fact that we can become we can become very um, I don't know, accustomed to the fact that, you know, we have Christmas, that Jesus has come, that he died on the cross and all that stuff. And, and that can become kind of old hat for us. Right. And really what this is doing is it's inviting us into this, this radical realization, like this, this changes everything. Right. About my life, about history, about humanity. Um, you know, like this changes everything. 
And it, it invites us into that sense of wonder. So like that, you talk about that, that preparation. I heard, uh, I read an article uh, recently, one of the Catholic publications, where they talked about how um, the, the author was saying how his mother had passed away. And so they were looking for stories at the, as the priest was preparing for the, the homily and so on. And one of the first things that came to his mind was how uh, his mom would be baking continuously throughout Advent, but she would not allow them to eat anything until Christmas. Oh, wow. And he was talking about the, the kind of the spiritual force of that, that lesson that she did, whether, whether it was intentional or not. He said, you know, the fact that there's, there is a preparation, there's something that I don't get right now and that I need to build my hunger you know, and that I think really in many ways that Advent's inviting us to do that, to build our hunger for the Lord, that, that he, is, um, he is the desire, the fulfillment of every desire of our hearts, right? Yeah. And, and so there is, it's, it's something that, that there's this, this incredible uh, potency surrounding us that we're, we're unconscious of all too often, right? You talk about the, the something I don't get, and it just brings me back to our conversation with Dr. Christopher DeCock and, and the idea of, of suffering, mm. right, and, and, and physical illness or whatever it is the Lord allows us to go through. Like, there's just things that I don't get. Mm. Like, why is this happening, yes. right? Yes. And, and really what it brings me to in, in reflection after I work through whatever emotions I, <laughs> I'm experiencing, <laughs> yeah. sometimes good, sometimes bad, sorry, dear, yeah. Um but it, it just brings this, this hungering for like, there's more that is awaiting me, right? That there, there's brokenness and, and there, there's just, there's just a lot of yuck sometimes in life, right? And it, it's just, a, it, it should send us searching for, for just the higher, right? What, what is awaiting us? What, what glories and non-brokenness and non-yuckiness that awaits us. And I, I know like, yuck, like it's just, I, I don't know. It can become, life can become so heavy. And yet when we set our sights on, on Jesus, right. And the recognition that we, we actually weren't made for this life. We were made for, for the next life, right. To live eternally in heaven with Jesus. It, it kind of brings a little bit of, of relief, but then it, it continues forward with that anticipation of like, I, I just, I want to live this life well, but I can't wait to be united with Jesus. Yeah, and you know, the, the awesome thing is, um, in the spiritual tradition of the church, um, the, 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 the union that we're made for isn't something that's only on the other side of the veil. Like, we're, we're made for being drawn deep into communion with, with Christ, even here and now. Yeah. Like, St. Teresa of Avila, St. John of the Cross taught that, that every single human person is made for contemplation, for union with God. Um, and I think St. Teresa talks about how that, you know, as you progress in the stages of the spiritual life um, and you get into this mystical union, mystical marriage and so on, the, the, the transition between this life and heaven almost becomes indistinguishable mm. because of the union that, that one can have with the Lord where he really does uh, reveal himself to be truly the fulfillment of my deepest desires. And it's not, it's not something that... Um, that strips us out of the goodness of this life. It's one that brings a richness to the goodness of this life, but it also, you know, unmasks it for being like its primary value is in that of sign, of pointing us toward the the good that ultimately, you know, we're, we're made for. In the same way that like marriage is a tremendous good. I'm the director of marriage and family life for the diocese of yeah, Chicago. yeah, and um, and as as 
profoundly good as marriage is, and I will say it is one of the greatest, is, is the most profound um, representation of the life of the Trinity in, in creation. Like this, this gift of self, this exchange of love, this communion of persons that is itself life-giving. It won't exist in the way that it does here up in heaven. Right. Because it's intended to be a sign of the communion that we're made for. And so I, I think that there's just this extraordinary richness and wonder and amazement that surrounds us at every moment. And Advent kind of invites us to tune into that, to recognize that, to allow the Lord to, to kind of reveal himself in that way and to, to what would you say, till the soil of our hearts yeah. so that we can receive him more fruitfully. Right? And I think what's interesting is it, when you look at the Advent wreath, you have three purple candles and then you have a, a pink candle mm-hmm. or maybe priests would say rose, it's rose. Right, um, yeah. Okay, so so why three purple and and why one pink, right? And and so in the anticipation, we're called to have joy, right? Yes. Joyful yeah. anticipation, yeah. and I think that's really important. In, important when when thinking about our, our suffering and just like the things that we go through, like the Lord is actually calling us to have joy in those yeah. things. It, it just it, it goes back to when we were talking about a sacrifice of praise and thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. Yes, it is a sacrifice to thank Lord. For the Lord for, for terrible things that happen, you know, two flat tires, right? Uh, <laughs> Lord, uh, you gave me two flat tires. I had no idea that I needed two flat tires for my salvation, right? Yeah. It just, it totally twists whatever is, is occurring that we don't see as good on its head because we then come to recognize that all things work towards the Lord's good. And so I think there also is an invitation to find joy in our yes. lives. Yeah, absolutely. During I, Advent. I totally agree. And, you know, kind of along with that, I think that um, this joy, joy is wedded inextricably to hope. Like, right? Yeah. Like, the, you, you cannot, I don't think you can have joy if you don't have hope. And um, Pretty tough. Because what, what is there to be joyful of if there is no hope? Yeah. Right? And so there, there is this, this reality, and, and what you're talking about is so powerful, I think, both with the Advent season and with Lent, that they're both punctuated right in the midst of them with this call to joy, whether it's this preparation season of Advent or this purification um, and, and penance of Lent. Like, it's still marked by joy and the fact that, we, that Christ has come, that we belong to him, that, that we have a Father who governs all of time and history, who is the creator of the universe, who allows... Uh, only that which will um, work together for the good to, to happen to us. And so there, it, it invites a confidence that gives us the hope to know that like, even though I might be in a really, really rotten situation right now, I know that God is good. I know his plan for me is good. I remember um, years back uh, learning from Monsignor Schlossman, who you mentioned earlier in our conversation with Father Cheney, yeah. um, to thank God in advance. Mm. Before you've received the thing that you're, you're uh, beseeching him for to thank him in advance because I know that I have a father who loves me. I know that I have a father who I'm 100% certain is caring for me Mm. and cares for everything that I need. Like he's already at work before I ever see anything and to thank God in in advance. And I think it opens up that way to joy uh, through that confident hope. Yeah, absolutely. All right. We do have to head to a quick break, but stay with us as we continue our discussion right after this. This is Real Presence Live, where the focus is not on the evil around us, but on conversion and mercy through the good news that is always good. We're local, engaging, 
and live on the Real Presence Radio Network. This is Lavinia Spirito for Catholic Way Bible Study. In Deuteronomy 30, Moses sets out a choice. I call heaven and earth to witness against you this day that I have set before you life and death, blessing and curse. Therefore, choose life. He doesn't sound like much of a choice. Who would willingly choose curses and death? Yet the need to state the obvious remains even today. Often in our times, evil masquerades as good, and good is presented as evil. It's actually quite easy to be deceived and to unwittingly choose a course of action that brings death. That's where Mother Church comes in, and with her teachings, she guides us through the earthly minefields right to the door of our Father's house. Today, Jesus has set before you the ability to choose actions that will lead to life and actions that will lead to death. Which will you choose today? Catholic Way Bible Study. Peace, power, purpose. Find out more at cwbs.org. God's blessings to all of you today as you are listening to Real Presence Radio. This is Father Wilhelm, and I'm a priest of the Diocese of Fargo. What a wonderful gift and a grace that we have in our Holy Church is that we have a Holy Mother, Jesus' Mother, who loves us so very much, and she prays for us. Isn't it wonderful to have a mother on our side, a mother who prays for us, a mother who loves us as Christ as our brother? Then that means that Mary is truly our mother, our spiritual mother. And so as you pray that beautiful gift of the Hail Mary, let each of these prayers be as roses that is presented before her holy feet, and she brings our prayers and lays them before her son, Jesus, and all of us. Always listen to our mother. Listen to what our mother is asking you. Come to the Savior. Come to my son. Come to Jesus Christ. This is Real Presence Live on the RPR Network, bringing you stories of faith and hope through local hosts and guests from across the Upper Midwest. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to Real Presence Live. We're glad to be with you. Unfortunately, I have a little bit of bad news. Uh, Raymond Arroyo is not able to join us this morning, but they are going to work hard to get him back on so he can share with us his Christmas album. It's something that I don't want to miss. I don't yeah, know about absolutely. you, Brad, but yeah. um, it should be pretty exciting. So again, we're going to reschedule Raymond Arroyo and get him on. I uh, I remember I, I, you know, I used to do carpentry, and um, I had one winter where I was actually uh, repairing the rafters of the the hog barn at NDSU. And so I was up in the rafters like for hours on end and listening to Real Presence Radio, and it was leading up to Christmas. And, uh, and Raymond Arroyo was on there singing the Christmas special. And like, it's just, it is so extraordinary, the gifts that God has given this guy. And it's just, uh, I think, a cause for glory to God that he uses them to God's glory, right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So stay tuned for that interview coming up. Uh, I'm sure the wonderful staff at Real Presence Radio will let you know ahead of time, well ahead of time, uh, when Raymond is going to be on the air. So uh, with that, Brad, we have a few more minutes to yeah. chat. And I was just reflecting on the receptivity of Advent. Mm. And yeah, I, I wanted to go back to my retreat a little bit and, and talking about becoming childlike. So one of the things, it was a beloved husband retreat. It was put on by Father Leffer mm. at Maryvale. He actually has one coming up in February, February 1st through the 3rd, called Beloved Father. So if there's anybody who is looking for a retreat, first of all, I want to highly encourage you to go to Maryvale's website 
and sign up for this retreat with Father Leffer because uh, what I experienced on the Beloved Husband one was just, it was, it was incredible. Yeah. Um, and to see men come together and be, I'll use a V word, vulnerable, mm. right? Vulnerable with one another. There's nothing more masculine, in my opinion, than men being able to come together and share their hearts and grow together as brothers in Christ. Yeah, I, I totally agree. I mean, I think that it's simply a matter of being real. There's such a, a strong temptation for us to live in, um, in, in unreality, in, in a fantasy, in, in a facade. You know, and, and right. as we live um, kind of this, this projected life that we know ourselves isn't real, you, you kind of shrivel up inside. And I, men, just like women, actually need community. We actually need to be, uh, there's a place where we are known and that we're seen as good. Yeah. You know, even though we're fallen. Even though we we have our our sins and our shortcomings, our limitations and all that, that that I can be real and still say, you know what, you're you're good, you're, and and hear the Lord say you're mine, right? Right, and and one of the things that came very clear as as we were going along in the retreat is that we're all wounded. We all have deep wounds, yeah. and a lot of that actually goes back to our childhood. And so Father was talking about the four different relationships we experience in life in in some degree or another. First, we're a son, right? A beloved son. Then, then we're a brother. Then we're a, a husband. I'm talking for men here, sure. right? Um, women would be the opposite. And then, and then we're a we're a father, right? And so we talk about going through all of these different relationships. But the one thing that stuck out to me in talking about beloved son was that as a child, all we can do is receive. Mm-hmm. It is it is a time of receptivity. And we hear in, in Scripture how Jesus calls us to be childlike, right? Only the childlike will receive what the mysteries, uh, these mysteries that are offered. And so as we were reflecting in these, these different moments of, of retreat, we were always brought back to uh, contemplation and asking the question, Heavenly Father, where were you in this? Mm. So whatever situation was going on, Heavenly Father, where are you in this? Yeah. And so I, I had an experience where uh, we were reflecting on um, the finding of Jesus in the temple. Well, he was 12 years old, and I had never known or just, it, it never struck me that he was 12 years old. Mm. Um, and, and I had quite a significant experience in, in purity when I was 12 years old that would change the trajectory of my life, right? So one of the things that we had to do is we had to write a letter to our 12-year-old self, introducing ourselves as an adult to our 12-year-old self, hmm. and then opposite, 12-year-old introducing themselves to adult Brandon, right? Hmm. What I was really struck by was as I wrote the letter from the 12-year-old Brandon to the adult Brandon, he had already gone through some of those things, uh, some of those really tough things uh, in purity and, and the struggles, right? I couldn't I couldn't prevent him from going through those things. And one of the things Father Leffer talked about was you, in many situations in life, you have to go through it to go through it, mm. um, which was really profound. And, and, and I saw this. But, but what was interesting about this is I asked the Heavenly Father where he was. Heavenly Father, where were you in this? And um, he was standing there next to me. And we were watching this scene play out. And what he did was he brought intense healing to that scenario. And what he said at the end of that reflection was, this space is now 
hallowed and sacred ground. When you go back to this place, you will no longer be tortured by it because it has been redeemed. And immediately I became like a little child sitting in my daddy's lap and just receiving what it is. And and that's kind of how it played out the rest of the weekend is in my reflections I would be a little child. One, another reflection was I was I was just skipping down a road holding daddy's hand and I, I was just this young child. And I, I just think it speaks to a lot, especially as as men, right, yeah. and trying to navigate the world today about how we are called to be his his little boys, yes. right? We are his beloved sons. And just to be able to receive so that there is an we, we can be completely filled and then there is an outpouring to whatever calls we have in life. For me, it's an outpouring to be a husband and an outpouring to be a father. But if I'm not first filled and receiving from the heavenly father, mm-hmm. right, this vertical relationship, the horizontal relationships are not going to be as fruitful. Yeah, gosh, that is so powerful, the story you're sharing there. Because, I mean, it, it calls to, it calls into contrast the, the, the reality that like, there is no moment in our lives, no matter how broken, where God isn't there, wasn't there, active, you know, that he's actually fathering and loving us. There's, um, you know, I think we have this notion that these, these most you know, shameful points of our lives, yeah. like God sort of turns his head away and, and is, doesn't want any part of us there or doesn't want to enter into that. But the reality is at that very moment, he was there active in your life, loving you. Uh, Sister Miriam James uh, Heidland had spoken at our, our Redeemed Eucharistic Conference back September of last year. And she talked, in her talk, she was talking about how, like, when we have these moments of, of rebellion, these moments of, of sin and betrayal, like, God sees everything that led up to that. He knows all that, that leads us to make the choice against him. He, he, and his response is one of, of weeping for us, uh, of the hurt that we have that's driven us that way. And that's the great glory of of Advent and Christmas, that his response is to come and be here, be with us, be one of us, take on everything that we have. Uh, I'm doing the catechism in a year right now with Father Mike. And uh, a couple weeks ago, he was going into how Jesus prays. And he talked about how uh, on the cross, Jesus' last um, you know, cry was, you know, uh, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And then he, he lets out uh, a loud cry. And Father Mike said how every anguished cry of every human heart mm. throughout all of history is in that. Wow. That Jesus is offering all of that to the Father. Yeah. Like that's the, that's the power of Christmas is he comes in response to our sin. Right. So there is an invitation here. But first I want to toss it over to Aaron to give a preview of the next show coming up on Tuesday. On the next Real Presence Live, Tuesday from 9 to 11 a.m. Central, your hosts will be Jacques Daniel and Father Brian Christensen coming to you live from Rapid City, South Dakota. Their guests will include Joseph and Monique Gonzalez speaking about their book, Guadalupe and the Flower World Prophecy. Father Christensen will also be inviting a few surprise guests onto the show. All this and more is coming to you on the next Real Presence Live, Tuesday from 9 to 11 a.m. Central. Back to you. Thanks, Aaron. So I think... I think as we close out, we got a couple minutes here. There's an invitation, Brad, to enter into that gift of receptivity, mm-hmm. that gift that the Father is offering us to receive, yeah. right? To to enter into that beloved sonship and that beloved beloved daughtership, mm-hmm. 
and just receive the gifts that he has in store for us. Not just at Christmas, yeah. right? Christmas is a recognition that the, all of these gifts are, are coming to fruition, right? Yeah. As he comes to us as a, as a baby, but just in life in general yeah. and, and, and being open to letting him bless us, just being with the Father. Yeah, as, as you were speaking, I was thinking about how Advent is this period, uh, at least in part, of, of waiting for a baby. Yeah. A baby, a child, um, that's going to show us the true child of ourselves. That's going to open the door for us to actually receive that love. Uh, he comes and receives the love of a human uh, father and mother uh, so that we as humans can receive the love of the divine father. And uh, it is, it's, it's essential. To, it is the reason we exist. It is the reason we exist is to be able to receive that love of God uh, who's called us into being out of love, who holds us in being out of love, and who's destined us to live forever in his love. And, and the beautiful part that I took away from that retreat is it's never too late. Yeah. Right? It's never too late to encounter the Father and to, to grow that relationship, even if you've never had that relationship before. Honestly, just picture yourself as a child and sit with him. Mm. And that is enough, right? Just to to receive his loving gaze. I think even even in adoration, right? So maybe yep. just go to the adoration chapel or even just go to your parish and sit in front of the, the tabernacle and just receive the loving gaze of the God who loves you infinitely. I guess I would offer one other invitation for this time of preparation. Um, the, maybe there are people that haven't been to confession for a long time. Receive the mercy and the, the acceptance and the love of God as well. Amen to that. Well, that's all for the show today here on Real Presence Live. But stay with us. Real Presence Radio has great programming all day. And coming up next is Take Two with Jerry and Debbie. We'll see you again on Tuesday. God bless. This has been Real Presence Live on the Real Presence Radio Network. Real Presence Live brings you inspirational stories of faith and a look at the good and holy things happening in our local area. Weekday mornings from 9 to 11 Central. Tune in for an encore of each show beginning Saturday morning at 6. Get the podcast any time of day or night at yourcatholicradiostation.com or on the Real Presence Radio app. And remember, you can be a part of the conversation through Facebook and Twitter. Real Presence Live, local, engaging, and live on the Real Presence Radio Network.